Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Everybody and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today we are talking about a very little known song, if it's known at all, called Elvis Presley Boulevard. Elvis Presley Boulevard was the B-side to the single of Allentown, released in September of 1982. It is the rare instance of a Billy Joel single being backed by a non-album track. Very odd. It now officially appears only on disc two of the My Lives compilation album. All right, Elon, this is going to be crazy. I'm gonna we'll start with Christopher Bananos. Get ready to be amazed and confused by various things. It's a little bit of a hint, I guess. But uh, what do you think, crazy Christopher Bananos <laughs> feels about Elvis Presley Boulevard? Well, I like that new nickname. Crazy Chris Bananos. <laughs> well, this is one of those times. Well, you gave me a good hint because I would have obviously put this at the bottom of the list. I would have assumed he would also. But that's clearly telling me that he did, did one of his uh, all my life kind of things on this song. How high could he go with it, though? That's, that's what I'm thinking. I think anything above 50 would be surprising to me. So maybe it's not super duper high. OK, so I'm just going to throw out a number here. 41. Good. I gave you the proper hints. He has it at 49. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he has it one above all for Lena. Above all for Lena. That crazy right. Chris Bananos. <laughs> he says an off cut, rarely heard, and better than you'd think, worth seeking out for a listen. Um, that's an interesting statement we'll talk more about later. Here's the weird part though. Glenn Gamboa. You want to take a guess at what his is out of 124 songs? 18. <laughs> no. It's 112, like a normal person. Oh, good, good job, Glenn. That's what we like Newsday. <laughs> it's just the different, and, and the fans rank it at 100. So the diversity between Christopher Bananos and the rest of us was what made this so odd out of all the songs we've done so far. I've never seen it this diverse from 49 to 112. Very crazy. Yeah, that's quite the spread. And what I don't get about Christopher Bananos here is that when we just did Easy Money, he put it down because he said it had like little substance. It wasn't really about anything important, right? That was like his his comments, more or less. What, what's the substance of this song? I went to go look at, uh, you know, Graceland and it kind of sucked and it was commercialized. I don't know. You know, for years, I wouldn't kiss my mother. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 17 times. <laughs> so you mentioned Easy Money. I got excited again. I don't know what I mean. This is a very strange song, but here's the thing. 
Elon, and this is, I mean, it's, I know we talk about it all the time, but a Billy Joel throwaway B-side is still 10 times better than most people's crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like most people in the world of when they used to have B-sides, you know, when I was growing up, B-sides just sucked. You never turned over the 45 to listen to the B-side. It was incredibly rare. So this song is very good for being one of those songs that's not even on the album. He's he's amazing. I don't love it. And I believe, yes, I would put it in 100 or 112, but it's still, you know, his worst songs are still better than most people's A-list songs. Yeah, I liked it also. And I don't think anything is great about it. But if this was, if I was like listening to Billy Joel on shuffle and this song came up, I wouldn't click next. I'd say, all right, cool. Okay, what about this? Do you? I don't know whether you know, but on the My Lives disc, there's a kind of a demo of this song, but it's retitled called The End of the World. And no, the song, I didn't know that. Yeah, the song The End of the World became Elvis Presley Boulevard. And the song The End of the World is spectacular. I'm going to play a little of it here. Oh, yeah, please. This is your life You got problems with your wife She once made you mashed potatoes Now she gives you minute rice And she used to do your laundry Now she sends it out instead And she always made believe That she was satisfied in bed That's what she used to say But that's how things were yesterday Love's like a long days What do you think? I like that a lot. Right? It's fantastic. And what about that first line with the mashed potatoes and the minute rice? The lyrics are good. I think during it, some of it, he doesn't have some lyrics. I think there's a couple of times he's going like, but I can't tell for sure because I've only heard a couple of times, but it's so much better than Elvis Presley Boulevard. I would have loved to hear that on the B-side or on any album. I love that. <laughs> that was so good. Is that not going to be one of the songs we're going to talk about? No, it's not. It's not on the list. It is uh, just a demo. It is we, not. But we've full, done demos. We've not done demos, it's not complete but not enough. like, but not completed. It's not. It's uncompleted. So it's we can't really count it. That's Boy, too bad. So, yeah, I know. It's great. I'm putting wonder, it on my Spotify list for sure. Yeah, I wonder why he changed it. Maybe because he was like going through the divorce around that time, and maybe he didn't want like his lawyer might have said, "Don't don't put her down in songs right now. We're trying to like save your ass here." I I guess I don't know. I love it. And 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 it fit. I mean, if it was indeed recorded at this exact same time, it fits the nylon curtain perfectly. Yeah. What do you, do you think? Because kind of Beatlesy. No, I'm just saying the way you were just saying about being down and like you're not good in bed, and they put a minute right mashed potato. I mean, it's all just that that what he was trying to say uh, about suburban living and the nylon curtain. Was there any lyric about the television or remote control? No, I damn it. So. I don't think so. I don't know. You know, I didn't look at the lyrics. I was just listening to the song and I just, uh, you know how I am about these demos, these unrecorded, these, you know, it's the piano playing that he seems to move away from later on, which is fine, you know, because he still knows how to orchestrate a song. But I just love the, 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 the piano man stuff he puts together before it becomes a big epic thing, you know? 
Yeah, that stripped down version is really good. Yeah, because he is the piano man. That's all I want to hear. So again, looking forward to something off Cold Spring Harbor. I'm assuming there's a lot of stripped down piano stuff. Oh, yeah. Lots of it. Lots of it. Maybe that demo, I might have heard that on my lives because when I heard Elvis Presley Boulevard for the first time, I thought to myself, this sounds like really familiar. And it might have been because I had heard that demo, but forgotten about it. But also, it does sound a lot like uh, one of the songs on the bridge, Getting Closer, Mm. which we'll get to pretty soon. It's in the G's. On the verses, they have the same kind of rhythm. Uh, There's a lot of similarities there. So this, but this song is about the commercialization of Elvis. Is that right? Yeah, I get it pretty much describes going to Graceland and they're selling lots of Elvis tchotchkes and Elvis on the cross. Yeah, that's probably the one that did it for him. He's like, oh, come on, because he's like a huge Elvis fan. When you see Elvis on the cross, people have gone too far. Yeah, it's a little bit much. Uh, How do you where do you fit on the Elvis fandom thing? Because I'm I've never been a big fan of Elvis. Me neither. He was certainly before my time. I don't care for that kind of country western music uh i'm just kidding uh but uh i'm kind of fascinated by people who are fascinated by him you know and so then sometimes you get into it because of the costumes and everything and elvis impersonators and you know then i say what am i missing here but when you see some of the movies like aviva las vegas which i you know i've seen which are hard to sit through but you know, I've only seen them recently. Like I'd never seen an Elvis Presley movie before. And maybe in the past 10 years, I've seen two. And the Viva Las Vegas with that unbelievable Anne Margaret. Oh, my goodness. She's really pretty. Um, it's fascinating to watch. I mean, he he is mesmerizing. So you do get it. If you watch the movies and you see just how handsome and charming he is. And then his voice and his singing. I mean, you you. you that that's when you get it i think the movies i think seeing him perform and i guess that's the way it was for people on television then you kind of understand it's just the groove it's the move it's the you know the look the showmanship and and it comes off in the movies clearly as he uh you know did i mean you know that's what the musical bye bye birdie is based on i mean that's how popular he was they made a a musical, which is one of the most popular musicals ever that every elementary school even does based on Elvis going into the army because we can't even know. And you know how I was telling you how like Cindy Lauper was so huge and that's the part you're not understanding, you know, like in 1985. Well, Elvis Presley, I guess before I was born, was that huge in 1955. And then he went to the army and then he came out and he was even huger. That's that's manly. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I just think I think the movies kind of ruined his credibility because he did so many of these movies and they were so bad and he was just doing soundtrack albums. You know, he's all about the it's for him. It's the image. People love him for being this great performer and having that swagger and that great voice. But he wasn't a songwriter. You know, he didn't. And and artistically, so much of what he put out was just very, very commercial, poppy kind of stuff. Again, that's back then, though. You know, people just didn't write their own songs. They didn't have the singer-songwriter back then. It wasn't until the 60s that... They had it. Buddy Holly was doing it at the same time as Elvis. Yeah, but it's like Elvis was coming off that era of, like, Frank Sinatra and all those people that really just didn't write their own song. He was in this kind of no-man's land where the movies weren't great. You know, like, they were coming off musical, the musical era and going into more serious. So it's like this strange area where he just really just... I mean, you know, he kind of started rock and roll, though. It's uh, 
Yeah, he made it super mainstream for sure. I guess he was kind of like the Frank Sinatra for the younger generation at the time. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And what's better than that Simpsons episode where Homer plays uh, Colonel Homer Simpson and (laughs) takes care of (laughs) Lorleen? Yeah. (laughs) And that's the best, too, that his manager was a Colonel. Was a Colonel Tom Parker, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Colonel Sanders. (laughs) His manager was named Colonel something. I mean, that's I've always wanted a manager like that. Talk to the Colonel. (laughs) Yeah. Also, also his whole. um, his the whole way he met Priscilla Presley was pretty creepy. She was 14 oh. years old. He was stationed in Germany. They had a fling. He was 10 years older than her, by the way. And then she moved in with him when she was 16 or 17. They got married when she was 21. And her parents let her move in because uh, she agreed to like write a letter home every day. Like she was at sleepaway camp. That's one of a, that's a tough call, though. Uh, you know, for parents, especially back then, when you had to stuff, be like, wait, so you want to marry our daughter? I mean, it's Elvis, you know, it's like weird. It's like one of those things where you're like, I don't know how to feel about this. I kind of want to call Elvis my son-in-law, but it's awkward for our 16 year old daughter to. Well, it's also like, like with the kids at Neverland with Michael Jackson, where the parents were like, well, it's freaking Michael Jackson. Take one for the team, little Billy. Exactly right. That documentary, he just, you know, charmed all the parents. It's very, very simple to do when you're the biggest star on the planet. It's confusing. Yeah, and he's like, don't worry. You can stay in the room next door. So it's no big deal that I'm uh, molesting your kid in this room. Oh, boy. You know what? You're absolutely right. You know, I always wonder. I forgot. I guess I didn't know that Priscilla Presley was so young because, you know, when you see her in like the naked gun and stuff in the 80s, she's still young. Right. She's still like, like this pretty young hot lady. And you're like, whoa, she was married to Elvis like 30 years early. Yeah, it always confused me. I guess I didn't understand the timeline or that she got married so young. So they were still married when he died? No, they had gotten divorced. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. But by the way, in between when he got back from the army while she was still a teenager and they weren't married, he was apparently dating Nancy Sinatra. So good job, Elvis. Listen, again, when he looked like he did, really, you could... I mean, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do with that in a lifetime? He, he did everything you're supposed to do when you come out of the womb looking like that. <laughs> and, and surprisingly, they, I think they found out this year that his mother was Jewish. What? Yeah, it was like a buried family history. But his like maternal great grandmother or something was some Jewish lady. And his mother's headstone has a Jewish star on it. Oh, that's hilarious and brilliant to cover it up, by the way. The smartest <laughs> yeah. thing you could ever do. You don't want to be living in Tennessee. Uh, back then, I yeah. guess. There's no, no Jew rock stars in the fifties. <laughs> you got that right. Well, isn't that interesting? It does make a lot of sense. He's very. I cool. mean, look, they they killed off Buddy Holly just because he looked Jewish. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> so this song obviously is an homage to Elvis in some ways. I I think there's probably there's a lot of little guitar flourishes in the song that probably reference some Elvis songs, but I can't really tell what they are. But there are lyrical references that are pretty clear. He references blue suede shoes. Heartbreak Hotel and Love Me Tender. Yeah. And maybe a few others. I don't know. But those are the ones that I noticed. Yeah. That's the only thing I noticed, too. I don't really recognize the riffs or anything. So Billy Joel has not played this song live ever, but he has covered many Elvis songs live. I'll give you a list. He has played Don't Be Cruel 14 times. All Shook Up three times. Can't Help Falling in Love three times. Viva Las Vegas two times. Jailhouse Rock one time. And Suspicious Minds one time. The Viva Las Vegas ones, I'm assuming while he was in Las Vegas, he plays it. Most likely. <laughs> yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, a couple of the others also I noticed he played while he was in Memphis. So it's definitely like when he's in an Elvis town, he'll throw in an Elvis song. Just like when he's in Pennsylvania. Well, he's not going to play Allentown? 
Right. Or Philadelphia. He's not going to play Captain Jack. Are you crazy? (laughs) Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? Yeah, I've got two because I wasn't sure where you were going to go or what you know. So do you want me to go first then? Oh, yeah. Actually, that'll be helpful. Okay. All right, so mine is, uh, I don't know, this could be easy or hard. I have no idea. You'll, you'll get it, I think. What two other Billy Joel song titles reference a street name? Ooh, boy, that's a great question. Uh, okay, Big Man on Mulberry Street. Yes. And, oh, 52nd Street. That's correct. I can't believe I got it. <laughs> I just was funny. I was going to make fun, and I was going to say what my street name was. And then I was like, well, I don't want to really give up my street name, I guess. And then I was <laughs> the like, listeners are going to be at your house. You don't well, want to do so, that. I know, but it's so close to 52nd Street. So that's why that's why I thought of it. That's so I was going to make a joke and then it it came to me. I'm so excited. All right. In the 1992 movie Honeymoon in Vegas, Billy Joel recorded two Elvis Presley covers who appeared in that movie as well, not as Elvis, but who appeared in that movie who would end up going back to Vegas three years later and win an Oscar. Nicholas Cage. That's correct. But All let right. me ask you this. You ready for this? Here's what I was going to do. Here's the other one. The part B in the movie honeymoon in Vegas. One of the actors was more obsessed with Elvis than Billy Joel. He was so obsessed. He ended up doing what? Dying in a bathroom. No, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was the answer. <laughs> so do I. But no, he ended up marrying Elvis's daughter. Again, I'm talking about Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. The ans- I know. Yeah. The I always think of her was- and Michael Jackson. I forget that she was also with Nick Cage. I know. I forget, too. The answer is both Nicolas Cage. But yeah, that's really being obsessed with Elvis. And the marriage didn't last because then she was like, wait, are you just obsessed with my father? Just like the same thing that happened to me when I dated Ginger's daughter from Gilligan's Island. You did? Yeah. Which maybe I mentioned that. She's like, are you just obsessed with my mother? And I'm like, yeah. Obviously. Like she, she told other people, like, she's like, yeah, just go. He was weird. He just kept asking questions about my mother. So I was exactly like Nicolas Cage. And, uh, <laughs> but really- did you ever get to meet her mother? No. You should have hid that the, you were obsessed with her until you met the mother. There was no way to on. hide it. Just like Nicolas Cage. I'm pretty sure he didn't hide it either. Did you make her wear a coconut bikini? No, I just, you know, I guess I was just too, you know, I was more just like, let me ask you a question. In episode 74, when they were on the island and that other (laughs) actress comes in and they. Why did they just build a boat? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, why do you keep asking questions about my mother? I'm like, how do you not know why? I'm obsessed with Ginger and Gilligan's Island, obviously. Well, as we know, you and Ginger's daughter was a three-hour relationship. A three-hour relationship. <laughs> it was uh, exciting, though. But uh, so Billy, actually, for the movie Honeymoon in Vegas, recorded All Shook Up and Heartbreak Hotel legitimately for the soundtrack. Oh, so not like live versions. Like he made a studio version of those songs. For the soundtrack, Honeymoon in Vegas. Those are probably on the My Lives, aren't they? I don't know. That's a good question. I saw one of them on there. I wonder if it's a live version or that, what you're talking about. Heartbreak Hotel from Honeymoon and Vet. Yeah, they're both on there. Oh, that makes sense. Sweet. I mean, I'll listen to that later. Buying the Honeymoon in Vegas soundtrack. So 
probably better to put them on this. True. Boy, were they lucky to get Billy Joel to do something like that. That's pretty cool. Right, because we know he's done easy money. That's right. Well, this was 10 years after that. Yeah, but in, in between, he did also that song for uh, Oliver and Company. So he's once in a while will go into these soundtrack albums. Yeah, and for Ruthless People with Modern Woman. Oh, okay. But that wasn't that was used, right? But it wasn't written for the movie. I don't know. We got to get to that when we get to the M's. We'll find out in the end. Figure it out. Yes. Cool. All right. No parody today, mostly because Elon and I both can't remember how the song goes. So that's an issue, right? (laughs) Yeah, I kept writing lyrics and it kept being just Heartbreak Hotel. I just just wasn't working. I can't remember the song at all. Like, I don't I've never heard it in my life before. I just played it before. You know, we did the research for it. I'm pretty sure I've never heard it. And I never yeah, I mean, every, and everyone bought the Allentown single, I'm sure. But I doubt, like you said, people probably just did not turn that record over. Well, also by then, I, you know, I didn't buy a 40. I bought the whole album, you know, by by that time, 45s were not as necessary anymore. So I just or maybe I just was older. So I just bought the whole album. So there was no well, I, you know, I didn't know I was missing something. Yeah, you figure if you get the whole album, you're also going to have the B side. But this was one of those. Not yeah. an album B-sides. And I don't think when it came out on CD, I don't think they put it on CD either for some reason. That doesn't make any sense. Why not put Elvis Presley Boulevard on the CD pressing of uh, the Nylon Curtain? Yeah, because a lot of artists will do that. They'll throw in a couple of bonus tracks on, for the CD version to get people to buy it. Yeah, I mean, a year later, the police did that with the Synchronicity album. If you bought the CD, there's a song called Murder by Numbers, which is not on the original vinyl. So why wouldn't he put Elvis Presley Boulevard on? I mean, we really, what's, what could possibly be the reason for not putting an extra track on that you, you clearly seem to kind of like? Well, it's because, look, Billy Joel treats his albums all like concept albums. And so adding an extra track that has nothing to do with the album, if he, didn't, if he thought it belonged on the album, he would have put it on the album. You know what? You're absolutely right. I don't think he's ever put on a bonus track. He wants it to stand as it is. You're absolutely right. You may be right. Um, this song does feel kind of like a precursor to An Innocent Man. You know, it came out obviously like a year before An Innocent Man, but be- the way he has these, obviously it's 50s influenced and he has the backing vocals on the chorus. It's kind of like easing his way into getting super heavy into those backing vocals on the next album. Interesting point. Well, folks, that was Elvis Presley Boulevard. If you like our podcast, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple and tell your friends. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you think Dave keeps talking about Nicolas Cage because he looks like Nicolas Cage? Should this have been included on the nylon curtain? And do you think this song is one better than all for Lena? Because crazy Christopher Bonanos does. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Billy Joel A to Z.